0: And for once, looking forward to a relatively quick and painless recording. Welcome to Hunter Todd. into a bit of a routine now. Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock... OK, I'm slightly late, i it's about 20 to 8 now. Um, but anyway, uh, in Peter's living room. I'm Sam Kelly. Peter's here, sitting next to me. Hello. And, as is becoming regular, we are joined by Andres Bruckner. Hello. Uh, welcome back, gentlemen. Um, now, perhaps the most shocking thing that has happened in Argentine football in the last couple of days is that nothing that's going to cause us to talk for half an hour before we get onto the league has actually happened in the last couple of days. Um, there has been some... Business with Barabarabas, um, and not to do with Independiente. Um, we shall talk about that a little later. But we're going to start off on a brighter note because the sky is uh, beautiful today during during the afternoon. Anyway, slightly cloudy, but a nice bit of sun poking through and turning the clouds pink as it went down. Um, and this is because we've got a bona fide title race which is involving teams that aren't just throwing away points relentlessly in the last five rounds um, as they were doing towards the end of the torneo initial six months ago. Uh, it involves proper teams, it involves proud teams, it involves River Plate um, <laughs> in short. River and Gymnasia are back at the top of the torneo final. Um, level on points again as they were two weeks ago. Listeners will recall of course that in last week's episode Gymnasia were two points clear of River having beaten Argentina Juniors I was at that game I shouldn't have forgotten about it Um, when River were held 1-1 away by Olympia the tide had turned uh, because Gymnasia were held at home on Sunday 0-0 in a pretty entertaining match it must be said well not entertaining not sort of thrills and spills but a decent game anyway um, by Lanus Mystic Sam predicted that one uh, because of course Lanus were in fantastic form although last Wednesday just no, last... Th- was it Wednesday or Thursday? It was Wednesday. It was Wednesday last week. It was just after, after we recorded, we recorded this, it, I, yeah. uh, The second half was played, just after we finished recording. Um, Lanús were held nil-nil by Tigre, which means that Lanús have not joined the title race, as we mentioned, would be a probability, um, last week. This means... This means, sorry. sorry this no means right,
1: that, the, sorry. that the fourth team... Of the world, Lanús has been placed in that in that position. Please don't call them that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I must I, I must say because it's official. Uh, they
0: are only uh, the IFFHS has yes. said it, it's not. Uh, this always gets reported for some reason. Whenever they update their farm there's an Argentine team in the top 25, the Argentine papers always say FIFA have named. It. Nothing to do with FIFA at all. But anyway, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, no, that means
1: that Lanús will fight for Copa Libertadores, they will put all their efforts in order to to claim that title. Hmm.
0: So. It should be said, Lanús do still have a mathematical chance of uh, winning the title, there are six points to play for. We'll get on to the exact standings after we've talked about a few of the games. Um, you will have already worked out, because I've told you that Gimnasia and Lanús have drawn and that River, who were two points behind, are now level with Gimnasia, so you'll have worked out what the River result was, but we'll talk about the manner of that result in a short while. First of all, um, on Friday evening, there was a 1-0 victory for Quilmes over Argentinos Juniors, which all of a sudden means that the relegation spaces aren't looking quite as closed in and just three teams due to the drop as we thought they were. Argentinos, of course, were already down. On Saturday, there were four matches. They saw a 2-0 win for Estudiantes away to Colón. A nil-nil draw between Rosario Central and relegation battlers Olimpo. A 1-1 draw between relegation battlers Godoy Cruz and Vélez Sarsfield in Mendoza, which Godoy Cruz really should have won. But didn't that point for Olimpo ensure their safety? That it did not, that I don't think. Olimpo can still go down. Yeah. It's highly unlikely they need one more point. Uh, it is highly, highly unlikely, but they, ma- mathematically they're not 100% safe yet. We'll get into exactly why later on. Um, Vélez finished this match with, uh, the match in Mendoza against Godoy Cruz with nine men on the pitch because Roberto Nani and Fabián Cubero were both sent off, uh, but Facundo Cardoso got ahead and equaliser with 11 minutes to go after José Luis Fernández had scored a cracking goal to open the scoring, uh, yeah. nine or ten minutes in. Really nicely played. Just charging <laughs> from the middle of the pitch, bullying off a couple of defenders, and then whacking it into the bottom corner. It was like Ronaldo in his prime, the Brazilian one, not the Portuguese one. I'm being slightly polemic, of course, but it was uh, it was a lovely goal. Um, San Lorenzo got a two nil victory over Atlético de Rafaela. Some people. I mean, me. Um, we're expecting them to be held because, of course, they were between Libertadores commitments. But they uh, held off Rafaela, who now have not won in nine matches. This is big because, well, as I say, we're going to go to the relegation table later. We weren't expecting Rafaela, Atlético, sorry, to be part of it, but they very much are now. Um, and they've not got the easiest of matches. To, I can't remember who they've got, but I'm sure I remember thinking that they didn't <laughs> have the easiest of matches to. To run with,
2: with that form, anyway.
0: So third, third, third relegation place is between. Well, we'll three. get on to that once we've once we've run through all of the thing, uh, all of the results. Um, Arsenal and Newell's played out. I don't think anyone was expecting it to be that entertaining a match, but it was three-two to Arsenal um, with an eighty-seventh minute winner from Emilio Celacia after Newell's had come back from 2 0 down after seven minutes. Um, that was a really good game as well. Gimnasia Nanus we've mentioned already
2: also in in that game there um, was an absolutely wonderful assist by Benega
0: mm. With Fabian think, Munoz who yeah. scored Newell's first goal you're
2: so right it's yeah. sort of after as well the week before when he scored the absolute belter it's quite a welcome return to form
0: for Benega given Gagor's injury yes yeah, for the national team certainly um, the very last match on Sunday we're going to skip over one the very last match on Sunday was a 3-1 victory for Boca Juniors. Mystic Sam's prediction of a Boca Juniors win in that match um, was made when we believed that Juan Ramon Riquelme was going to be playing for Boca Juniors. It was announced on late Friday night or something that he wasn't going to be, he, he's going to be back this weekend, but that he wasn't going to be um, playing against All Boys and I immediately just mentally went, right, well that's one prediction I've got wrong for the weekend, just write it off. Boca managed a victory without uh Rick on the pitch for the first time this year, I think. Um and they're now six games unbeaten. More to the point.
1: And mathematically they could fight for the title
0: of course there are yes, lots of teams. Mathematically they're also in the in the, the last possible team system. that can, I think. That's correct, yeah. They are five behind the leaders with six points to play for. Um and then there's a two point drop to Valesu, therefore a seven behind with six to play for. Uh all boys are relegated. Yeah, wow. no riots on the streets of Floresta for no fans of All Boys. In fact, they were applauded off the pitch. They were supported throughout the game. Boca's players didn't celebrate the goals when they scored it. They wanted to show some. Well, obviously, one of Boca's players who didn't celebrate was Gigliotti, Who didn't celebrate so were his old club. Um, but uh, Juan Manuel Martinez celebrated in a very muted fashion as well. The Boca players were very respectful to the fact that they were relegating their opponents. Basically, um, given there was, are some, pl- there were some players playing for Boca
1: that had played for All-Boys, like yeah. Gigliotti and, and Grana Oh, who Grana, right, yeah. who, who is, I think he, he came from All-Boys the, the first team he played on was All-Boys oh. and, and the same situation, for, uh, talking about riots or not riots It had, had happened last weekend uh, on Argentinos Seniors Stadium yeah. When they lost uh, to Gimnasia. Well, but at least on the
0: team, obviously I was at uh, the Argentinos uh, Stadium um, when they lost to Nazi which was of course the day before they were relegated mathematically but um, there were a lot of chants against Segura when that happened um, on the TV I didn't hear too much against Roberto Bougalou uh, and Bougallou, um the all boys president but um, yeah it was very it was taken with a lot of stoicism let's say and dignity I don't know the fact they'd known that they'd probably only going to be relegated for six months might soften <laughs> softened the blow slightly of course Argentinos didn't when, when, uh, when they went down um, on Monday there was a 2-1 victory for Tigre over Belgrano de Córdoba in in Victoria Which is where Tigre play their home matches um, Which also throws a few cats among the pigeons relegation wise And which eliminates Belgrano from the fight for Copa Sudamericana qualification um, And the one match that we skipped over If you want drama and you want a 3-2 finish did either of you watch River Plate versus Racing? Yeah, I did. I was a bit annoyed because when I... <laughs> <laughs> um, You're an independent fan because you should have been delighted to see Racing screw things up so royally. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I mean, obviously, that, that part of it. I was, I was torn because when the inexplicable happened, and, uh, was it Rockass?
0: I think we should take this chronologically. Okay,
2: well, um, I'll, we'll come back to
0: it because I, I, when it happened, I just was like, absolutely. Sam is going to love this. Oh, it was difficult not to. Um, what happened was, to start with, Fernando Kamenaki scored a goal from the penalty spot, which shouldn't have been a penalty. Uh, halfway into the first half, just over halfway into the first half. About a minute later, uh, Keiko Bichaldo got hauled down and should have been given a penalty because he was pretty much rugby tackled. Um, which was more penalty than the, the other one. Yes, yeah, which really was a penalty and which wasn't given. Um, so you could argue that River we were 1-0 up. Uh, Fairly, although it's quite difficult to do so given two wrongs don't make a right. Um, Diego Bichard headed uh, Racing level with eight minutes. That was a loud knock crack. I apologise. With eight minutes um, to go before half time, and thus it. Fin- uh, sorry, no, it didn't because Carlos Carbonero. They listed the goal scorers in a rather confusing manner. Uh, Carlos Carbonero um, put River ahead with his fourth goal of the Donnell final. Something like that. Six. Six of the season of the final. He's, he's, no, of the final right, of right. the tournament.
1: He's uh, he has six goals along with Kavanai. Both are are the goal scorers of the team. Oh
0: you're right. yeah, right, right, yeah. Six six in the Donnell final alone. Um, Hint of um, offside about that as well. blocking the
2: the view of. Saturday. Oh, someone said that. Yeah. Oh, you're right. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: it was cut back. Lamsini almost got an assist without touching the ball by stepping over it and Kavanagh and coming into the net no, just judging
2: by like, the TV footage showing over and over say. again of Kavanaghi and someone else stood in front of Saha yeah. offside and then um, I think because the shot it did the, kind of But from behind
1: the goal it didn't seem to be in the yes. direct line of position perhaps that, that block uh, made Saha uh, yeah. a late uh, reaction
2: yes. mm. it would have been a, perhaps a, a harsh call to, to rule it out for offside
0: um, we'll good. never know. Right. Right, no, the no, point no. was that it put River 2-1 up. Uh, Fernando Cavanaughi put them 3-1 up, uh, 8 minutes into the second half, and they were casting. Yeah, that was another good goal, yeah, you're quite right. Uh, Carboneros was a really good hit as well. I mean, it yeah, yeah. went off a bit offside, but it was a wonderful build-up and a nice hit. And then, yes, you're quite right, Carbonero exchanging passes with... Zini. Lancini wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, one two with Lancini and then just dinking it in for Kavanaki to backheel it into an open net from two yards out. Past a statuesque uh, well, defence. had already been of course, yeah, the goalkeeper <laughs> Sahad had already been bypassed by Carbonero's um cutback and yeah you're right, the racing defence uh didn't really do very much as I tweeted at the time. Uh Gabriel Alcier clawed one back for racing against the run of play. River pretty much dominated the entire second half. Um, it should not have been as close as 3-2 it could have been, I think it's fair to say 4-1, might have been a a more justifiable scoreline when, deep into stoppage time um, Jonathan Maidana got himself sent off for needlessly bringing down Alcic, I think it was, wasn't it, just outside the box Um, River to 10 men, Racing had a free kick which was dinked in towards the far post and with Cab no, Heis. it was Kahais going into the far post, wasn't it, to head it. Uh, Rivers' tiny midfielder, Ariel Rojas, decided that uh, this was a dangerous situation. We should mention the guys was well past the far post and there wasn't really anyone making a move. I, I think they would have been alright to just let him head <laughs> in, to be honest. I think Gigi was going to get to, to the, the knock-on. Um, Rojas just punched it off guy's head. Um, got a bugging, gave away a penalty... Afterwards, tried to justify himself by saying, "No, seriously, he was definitely going in the net if I didn't do that." Um, he, yes, he, he. I don't know what he did. He said to 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 Abal because it was
1: uh, unforgettable and uh, unforgivable the way he he he
0: punched the ball.
1: And it was a brilliant, a brilliant volleyball play.
0: Yeah, it was completely blatant as well. I mean, there was no attempt to disguise it. There was no way he could have disguised it. Although his like apparent surprise by the decision which <laughs> is quite, <laughs> quite delightful that's true um, at which point up steps Sebastian Saja Racing's goalkeeper to take the penalty that was going to send Racing level and because we've already told you what the final score was you am going to guess what happened Leandro Gicisola I wanted to say Leonardo then but he's not he's Leandro and the substitute goalkeeper for River Play, of course who came on to replace an injured Marcelo Barrovero at half time wasn't it or in, during the second half of the Estudiantes match and who saved a penalty during the Estudiantes match, saved has penalty here. Um, so Chichisola has worked his way into the annals of River Plate legend, apparently it is the second time in River Plate's history that they've won a match as a result of a uh, saved penalty in stoppage time. Someone tweeted this, <laughs> what a statistic. The fact that someone's had the spare time on their hands <laughs> to go through and find that um, out worries me supremely.
1: And the players' reaction, which was, of course, very, very fair, was fair, uh, they, they went to, to hug Chichisola uh, well, as, as, so so as if
0: he'd scored, exactly. Yeah.
1: As if they had won a penalty shootout, because it was
0: like that. Mm. Um, it took River back to joint-top, of course, as we mentioned at the Donnell final. Them and Gimnasio both have 31 points. Um, after the results elsewhere, Estudiantes and Godoy Cruz are on 29 each, and San Lorenzo, Colón and Lanús on 27 each. We can probably now rule out uh, San Lorenzo downwards um, from the title race. Probably, of course, not definitely, but they are um, four points behind with six to play for. So the title chases now, really, Gimnasia, River, Estudiantes and Godoy Cruz. The relegated sides, as we mentioned, and we'll get on to the relegation battle now, uh, Argentinos and Old Boys, who've already gone down. And, following those dramatic results elsewhere, we have a new side in third place, because Quilmes lifted themselves out of the relegation zone with that 1-0 win over Argentinos Juniors. They're still out of the relegation zone, because Atletico de Rafaela's 2-0 defeat away to San Lorenzo means that they dropped in. Colón's 0-0 draw... 2-0 uh, defeat away to Wente Estudiantes means that they couldn't lift themselves up out of the abyss and godoy Thrus dropping two points at home to Vélez with that late equaliser that they conceded uh, means that they're not completely out of it either Olimpo can still go down I believe I'm going to check this on my calculator now the most hilarious thing of all of this by the way is that um, although Mostanzo Menlo said a couple of weeks ago they brought me in to get rid of the worry about relegation, and now no one's talking about it. With two weeks to go, Racing are not, in fact, mathematically <laughs> completely safe from relegation. But he's right though; they're not talking about Racing getting relegated. They're talking about him not not doing no. very well, not having a job. Yeah, you're quite right. Oh, Liverpool are in fact safe. The lowest Liverpool can possibly finish on is 1.237 uh, points per game. Whereas if that, Rafael already have fewer than that. So if Atletico lose. Their last two matches, or indeed don't lose the last two matches, they will of course finish uh, below that average. So Olimpo is safe. Um, um, hang on. No, what am I doing? I need to assume let's go win those two matches, which would have them on 144. One, over 114, Atletico can 1.263. So Olimpo are quite safe yet. A draw, I believe, in Olimpo's next game is enough to, um, to keep them up. Dressing probably not going to go down but it would be quite funny um, Tigre can I say for Tigre they're four points clear of Atletico with six points to play for after that uh, heroic 2-1 win over Belgrano with, with the way Atletico are playing can
2: you actually see i getting four points from, from six I mean no <laughs> they they, they people, like bloody they pull,
1: they pull for the pull form they have have been showing, as you said, nine matches without a win. Perhaps indicates that the, the team that that should deserve the, the, the going down
0: is Rafaela. But well, now one thing that we do need to consider, however, is that this coming weekend Tigre visit Rafaela. If Atletico uh, can find a way, therefore, of getting their first victory in 10 matches, they have only drawn two of those, I believe, um, that would change things somewhat, particularly given some of the other relegation candidates, particularly the fact that, as we mentioned last week and the week before, and possibly the week before, kill last two matches, are at home to Gymnasia and then away to River Plate. Kilmess can't be relegated this weekend, so that's one upshot, however. so In terms of Kilmess' likely effect on the title race, we did hint previously that it looked likely a couple of weeks ago that Kilmess would still be fighting for their lives when they played Team Nassia, but would all ready be relegated by the time they visited uh, River. That ain't happening now. Um, Kilmess will still be fighting for their lives when they visit River. They can neither be relegated nor saved this weekend, uh, Kilmess, by their result. So they're going to be alive going into that last that visit to the Monumental on the final weekend. Um, So the title race and the relegation battle are guaranteed to be all televised at once on the final Sunday. Oh joy of joys! I'm going to be watching the four matches in the four corners of the screen on Direct TV's telecasting again, which always gives me a headache. In case you're wondering why I sound so depressed about it. Um, However, these are the fixtures. For the the relegation run in from Tigre downwards um, for the rest of this season. Tigre have 144 points from three seasons. Godoy Cruz have 140 points from three seasons. Kilmes have 92 points from two seasons, and everyone else is on three seasons. Col have 139. Atletico Rafaela have 138. All boys and Argentinos, of course, we shall completely ignore. Um, you'd have to say that Atletico Rafaela are looking worst. Yeah, I mean, given their form, I mean, in
2: mm-hmm. terms of their their running, they've, obviously they've got a crucial to, to use the this this way six
0: pointer or
2: point, point they <laughs> uh, version. They've so got, you got a say. point six against yeah, yeah, okay. just... and then given Arsenal's Louis uh, Torres tie tonight, and then another, they'll be coming off the. Second leg of that. So,
0: although Arsenal aren't going to have to worry about the semi final, of course, because the semis of the Copa Libertadores, if Arsenal get to them, um, I'm going to play until after the World Cup. So Arsenal might well just, of course, they don't have anything to play for in the league. So it could work both ways. Um, But they'll want to to give the uh, and Arsenal have improved particularly at home since Martin Palermo took over. Um, The reason that we're if you've noticed the sound of us. Pointing at the television whilst we were saying this Is because we forgot to mention, dear listeners um, That we're currently 13 and a half minutes into the first leg of Arsenal's uh, quarter-final Copa Libertadores tie away to Nacional de Paraguay The team who put Vélez Sarsfield out last week uh, Which might or might not have been after we recorded I can't remember, but there you yeah, go That was the one we knew about uh, That was the one that we did know about, good, excellent As you've worked out then, Arsenal is through um, so are San Lorenzo, they beat Grêmio on a penalty shootout after a 1-1 aggregate draw in Porto Alegre And Lanús are also through, having done what? Oh no, we knew about them already because they played earlier They played the round of 16 game, on yeah, yeah, it like a, like a week earlier than everyone else um, So those are three Argentines in the Copa Libertadores uh, quarterfinal But we'll get on to the Copa Libertadores later We wait for Peter's girlfriend to unlock the door. We should pause for a second whilst we do so. Right, but run ins, anyway, now that uh, Peter's girlfriend has, has settled in, um, we pause just there to, to let her into the house. Um, from Tigray downwards, the run ins are Tigray have got to visit at Little Rafaela and then are at home to Estudiantes on the last day, of course, Estudiantes. Well, the studios, if they win this weekend, they're going to be in the title race still at that point, whatever happens, because there will only be two behind the leaders, even if both the leaders do win. Uh, Godoy Cruz have got to, uh, are away to Olimpo, and then at home to Racing, so they've got at least one give in those two, uh, which is the Racing game, in case you were wondering. If you can hear that dog in the background... <laughs> nothing to do with us uh, not sure whether it'll come out on the recording or not uh, Kilmes are at home to Gymnasia and then away to River as we have mentioned Colón are away to Belez and then at home to Olimpo on the last weekend so Olimpo although they're safe we're going to have a big say in who stays up and goes down because they've got to play Godoy Cruz this weekend and Colón on the final weekend and let's go to Rafaela are of course at home to Tigre and then away to Arsenal Um the only results there that you would think, given both sides' form, look pretty nailed on are that Godoy Cruz ought to be able to beat Racing at home, Godoy Cruz is decent at home and Rassing yeah. are just shocking home all the way, and certainly nine times out of ten you've got River to beat Kilmes away on the last day, uh, just purely because of River's home form. They've won seven in a row now, which is only the second, yeah. third time sorry in their history that they've won seven straight home games uh, yeah. in the league, apparently once during the National, and um, once in the Primera in about 1962 or 57 or something stupid like that oh, my um, which is surprising yeah looking at a vintage, Very surprising. vintage but I'm, I'm sure that that was uh, something that I saw on Twitter right after the game happened um, other than that motivation is going to go a long way form is going to go a long way Kilmiss it wouldn't surprise me when you'll mm. hear Mystic Sam later on of course but Kilmiss having uh, drawn against Lanus and um, Last weekend, sorry, Kilmes, no one will talk about him uh, Having drawn against Lanus last weekend, um, Gymnasia had that big run prior to that, of course, of all of those consecutive victories, and all of them were against teams in very bad form or just very bad teams. Kilmes are not in very bad form. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Kilmes can take a point from him yeah. this weekend, um, which wouldn't see them safe, as we say, but it would be a big boost. Everything really is going to rest on whether Atletico de Rafaela can beat Tigre at home. Yeah. Can they? Can they? Yes, but
2: I mean, their form has just been atrocious, so you really wouldn't want to put money on that.
0: Atletico de Rafaela's form, we've spoken of the nine-match uh, run without a win. Shall we read out those matches? They lost 2-1 to Olimpo away, they drew 2-2 at home to Racing, they drew 0-0 away to Argentinos Juniors, which really indicates that they were doomed to go down straight away. They drew 2-2 at home to Kilnes, they lost 2-0 away to River, they lost 3-2 at home to Central, they lost 3-0 away to uh, Godoy Cruz, they drew 1-1 with Colonna and they lost 2-0 of course away to San Lorenzo this weekend, just gone. they beat Veles Sarsfield 3-1 back in the eighth round, and that was the last win that they got. Uh, they've only won three all the way through the Donnell final, but the thing is that at uh, the point where they beat, they got that Veles win, they were somewhere up in mid-table in the promedio, and we all looked at it and just said, well, you know, they don't really have to worry, they'll be fine next season, might be a bit of a problem, but they've got nothing to worry about this season. They looked absolutely safe as houses, and now uh, they're, well, they're safe as houses in a declining market in which lots of people want to move out of town, and Tom will be to to blow in. Um, oh, there's a penalty, Nacional i have a penalty, ladies and gentlemen. We'll tell you what happens in a few seconds' time. That's another loud, of crap before which I apologise again. it um, actually live updates of matches are absolutely worth <laughs> Yes, yes, of course. But uh, even so, we, we should give people some context to make them feel like they're in the room with us. Uh, do we know who this gentleman is who's taking the penalty for Nacional? You should, sure? you should sure turn volume. Up so that
1: we, we hear it too, live. But, what? Oh, say, Dum, 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 incredible drama. <laughs>
2: there
0: you go, Campestrini La Figura de la Noche, the man of the night. Uh, we're only 22 minutes in, and that may or may not be a premature statement for the commentator to make, but there are Argentines broadcasting to the continent, so frankly, if they make idiots of themselves, they deserve to. Um, we're making Atlético favourites to go down at this point, aren't we?
2: Well, given that they're there now, and they're playing very badly, it's difficult to...
1: We still have still that p- a poor goal uh, poor goal statistics, right? They
0: haven't scored very many goals. Uh, Atletico? No, Tigre. Uh, Tigre have, uh, let me see, the. uh, where have we got those standings? In the tonneau final, Tigre, they've picked them up a little bit. um, But they have still only scored 11 goals in in 17 matches. Um, They've only conceded 12. Best defence in the tonneau final, anyone? Do you know? It's not Tigre. Gymnasium. Estudiantes Estudiantes have only let in 9 goals no, In 17 games They're the only team to have let in fewer than 10 Colón have only let in 10 um, But in fact there you go No one talks about how few Colón score And they've only scored 10 uh, Sorry they've only scored 12 They've only got one more than Tigre And yeah Tigre the, the dull boring team And Colón are doing surprisingly well And we hope they stay up and so on and so forth um, It's amazing what playing with kids can get you isn't it uh, and i suppose not having an enormous run towards the start of the season where they just didn't score at all like Tigre did. I predict
1: Rafael Tigre, I played a match with a lot of long balls and, and ball in the air because they are, they, they both both teams are, are playing themselves a, a saving from from rela- relation and that means
0: being a lot of having a lot of pressure having said that, First thing to say, of course, is that uh, the win against Belgrano on Monday has lifted a lot of that pressure. As we say, Tigre with one point, as long as it's a point this weekend, if Tigre lose this weekend, then a draw on the last weekend might not be enough to keep them up, but because the point would be against the team who wouldn't be able to leapfrog them if it happened this weekend, Um, Tigre, if they draw this weekend, will be fine, I would say. Um, But as well as that, Matias Perez-Garcia, Mr three accents in his name, the only one in the Argentine Primera that we can think of who has three accents, um, was just superb on Monday evening, wasn't he? I, I actually got a request from a listener saying, I hope you're going to mention this on pod. how good he's been. Wow. He was he was excellent. Um, they missed him a lot during the first half of the Donnell finale, he was out injured uh, for a fair few matches and he scored the winning goal um, against Belgrado. uh, There was a a ball over the top, not a long ball, but a ball (laughs) dinked over the top, uh, which he managed to beat the goalkeeper to and sort of slid in. Uh, It was almost like a block tackle, although he was on his knees by the time he did it and then sprung up to sort of semi-pirouette to score. Um, Tigre's first goal was magnificent as well, Kevin Itabel with a really nice volleyed finish with his, I think he's left footed, he plays on the left wing anyway, but he slammed it into the top um, top of the net uh, with his right foot uh, midway through the first half. Um, Tigran when they get it down and start to play can play some decent stuff. Uh, you're right, Andres, about the pressure and the fact that particularly in the first half of the of the final, they were enormously frustrated by the fact they just couldn't score. Ariel now when fat fan had a penalty uh, he missed a penalty but he didn't even Have it saved About eight minutes in Against Belgrano On Monday um, At which point In the line is going to be Another goalless draw Between Tigre Especially with Belgrano Drawing so many But um, Tigre when, they, when they're in the mood They can play Decent stuff I don't mind them um, I think
2: More often than not As well That mood Coincides with Pérez uh, Garcia Being on song Because he adds he's oh, definitely yeah He I mean, adds just that just like, player. That's the Creativity thing. And that kind of
0: guile um to the team so. oh Arsenal have just missed something it's quite funny if you're not an Arsenal fan that's what I'll say um, <laughs> that's a pa- pretty pa- small pa- I think Palermo scored
1: that goal
0: yes yes I think Mati Palermo had he been on the pitch would have um, I would be surprised if he managed to miss it although mm-hmm. he missed a few sitters in his time um, but more often than not he'd have scored that one 6-yard box That's all you can say, and Martin Palermo rubbing his temples in frustration. Um, Right, we've discussed the relegation battle. Anybody want to tackle the Copa Sudamericana? It's enormously confusing. Let's get the Copa Sudamericana table up, shall we? I think Riber and Bokar are are in, right? Bokar are definitely in. Um, Bokar are definitely in as a result of some very confusing mathematics, because there are, there are two things that could take Bocker out of the Copa Sudamericana. First of all, how do we qualify for the Copa Sudamericana? Let's ignore the stuff about next year's league championship, because no one's worked that out yet. Uh, this year, you qualify for this year's Copa Sudamericana, which is played August to December. Um, there, there is a league table that is kept. It's for the whole season. is the torneo inicial plus the torneo final. And the only reason that it's kept is for Sudamericana qualification. If you're in this year's Copa Libertadores, you do not qualify for the Copa Sudamericana. Lanús qualify for the Copa Sudamericana this year because they won last year's Copa Sudamericana. That seems fair enough. The winner of the what was last year called the Superfinal, and what is this year being called the Copa Campeonato, uh, will qualify for the Copa Sudamericana, i.e. San Lorenzo who won the Torneo Inicial plus whoever wins the Torneo Final they play a one-off match in a neutral venue it's the same business as last year when we all took the piss out of Afla for the first giving Melis the title and then taking Melis' title away um, this year they're being quite clear there will not be an extra star on the badge or anything like that for it. it won't be counted as an extra league title but it will decide qualification for the Sudamericana um, so they, they will get a place because the winners of the Torneo Final do not qualify uh, on their own they go into the Libertadores, they don't go into the Sudamericana. They only go into the Libertadores, uh, sorry, into the Sudamericana if they win the total final and then beat San Lorenzo in the final. Um, plus, the five best teams who have not already been taken off that list, i.e. who haven't won the final without winning the, the, uh, the final, <laughs> as it were, um, and who haven't been involved in this year's Libertadores from the whole season-long table. At present... Those five teams are Gimnasia La Plata, Estudiantes de La Plata, who are third and fourth. San Lorenzo won the Inicial They'll qualify, of course, if they win the final. La in anyway because they, they won the Sudamericana, but they're second in the season long table. So, Gimnasia and Estudiantes are third and fourth. We we'll skip Velez because they were involved in the Libertadores. Boca and Godoy Cruz are in the qualification spots at present. We we'll skip Newells because they were involved in the Libertadores. And River are currently in the fifth qualification spot. Of course, if River win the Don El Final, and then lose the Super Final to San Lorenzo, River don't qualify for the, the Sudamericana. Uh, in, if that happened, their place would go to San Lorenzo, who are top of the table. So it was initially well, reported.
1: For example, if, if, if River wants to qualify, we, we suppose they won, they want to qualify, and they are they they, they end the championship as the uh, runners runner ups. And uh, they don't have to play any superfinal, and they, perhaps they have qualified yep. to the Copa Sudamericana. So if they become champions and they lose against San Lorenzo, they don't qualify. But if they are runners up,
0: perhaps they qualify. Yes. In fact, if River are runners up, they would almost certainly qualify. Equally, however, of course, if Gimnasia become champions or Estudiantes, who are both much higher up the table than River. They definitely finish in the Sudamericana qualification spots, but losing to San Lorenzo would that mean that they don't qualify, whereas being runners up in the, in the Championship would. And of course, River and Ignacio can finish level on points, they can play a final playoff spot, and whoever loses that is definitely in the Sudamericana. But the Sudamericana doesn't matter for anything, no one cares about it, so I very much doubt that we're going to see any team throw a title away in order to qualify for the Sudamericana. Anyway, the point was, um, as of Monday afternoon before Tigre and Belgrano Belgrano of course was still in the hunt and the only way that Bocca couldn't have qualified uh, for the Sud Americana was if Belgrano had won that match and then overtaken them whilst Godoy Cruz also put together a big run and River put together a big run Belgrano being eliminated from the race means that whatever happens Bocca were going to finish in a qualification spot and it was initially reported that this wasn't the case and that River could overtake them and then there was some more mathematics saying no, because hang on. Colon. Colon could still win the title. And if Colon won the title, that would involve some kind of mathematics. And I'm not sure why these people were saying this, because looking at the Cinema, the season long table, Cologne are down second bottom of the season long table. So why anyone thought nobody thought that Cologne were going to overtake Bocker? But what people were saying was for some reason if Colon win the title, then win the super final they will take the place and if they did that whilst whilst Godoy, Cruz and River also won more points than Boca over the rest of the season, Boca would drop out the Sudamericana spots. What nobody realised of course was that for Colón to win the title, River would have to drop too many points for them to be able to overtake Boca in the season long table because they're currently three points behind Boca and they would have to drop four points or more in order for Colón to win the Totale final. Um, so, as a result of that, opportunities Juniors are in the Copa Americana because of Tigre's went over Belgrano on Monday night, um, which prevents two teams who are not Belgrano from being able to overtake Boca. It's tremendously confusing. Welcome to South America. That's all we can say. Um, in summary, <laughs> right, Lanusa definitely in the Sudamericana. Uh, of course they are Because they, they've already uh, they, they won last year And so that's why they qualify uh, But mathematically speaking Even if they haven't won last year Due to their, their standings From the season All along They would already Definitely get the Sudamericana Azar-Gimnasia uh, Estudiantes I think Are uh, They might need a playoff Possibly If they drop All of their points And Central win Both their remaining matches Um Boca, as we've mentioned Are Godoy-Cruz Possibly are River Plate Possibly are in Godoy Cruz's case, it doesn't really involve a title worry. But of course, River, as we say, the most likely way that River will fail to qualify for the Sudamericana now is by winning the torneo final and then not winning the superfinal. Sorry, the Copa Campeonato against San Lorenzo. Now that we've gone through all of this, you're probably tremendously bored, and so are we. So we're going to fill up our glasses whilst this music plays. And when we come back, we shall discuss the... I don't know... Libertadores quarterfinals. We've got more Argentine ties than sides from anywhere else in, so why not? Libertadores quarterfinals. that last night uh, we have something very quick to talk about which was a group known as Inchadas Unidas Argentinas United Argentine Fan Bases very poetic translation but that is what they're called Um, met rallied rioted outside the Argentine Football Association headquarters last night now if you're a listener to Halloween Pod and a long-term one, or at least you listened last week or the week before, um, you might be able to suppose, assume, guess that this was... Oh, by the way, we're 39 minutes in now, so Nacional Paraguay and Nacional um, have a 1-0 lead over Arsenal. Uh, they scored it during that musical interview. Um, you might be able to guess these these rallies were about the new league system. No, not a bit of it. Inchados Unidas Argentinas is a group that was set up just over four years ago by a non-governmental organisation, which, it became apparent about two months after it was set up, was in fact a front for a group of Barra Bravas. And the idea then was that they were going to work with the Barra Bravas to take a peaceful group of Barra Bravas to the South Africa 2010 World Cup. Uh, There was lots of talk about how as long as they behaved themselves for the rest of the season, they would get free tickets and free transport, blah, blah, blah. They didn't bother behaving themselves so much. Um, And the season ended with some of them, some of the very high-up members of this this group, um, being given free flights to South Africa on the same aeroplane as the Argentine national team. Um, They're doing it again for this year's World Cup. They met outside uh, the AFA headquarters, and then they went into the AFA headquarters and they demanded 650 tickets for Argentina matches in Brazil 2014, and this time there's not really any kind of pretense at all that it's an NGO or that any of the governments are involved or whatever, it's just, uh, give us tickets, please, or well, not please, because no-one in this country ever says please, anyway, never mind the bar of <laughs> Um we should mention it, I feel. We're not going to talk about it in much depth, of course. Um, But, gents, what can we say, apart from what I just
1: said? First of all, politeness is what matters here. They they, they for sure have have gone and and said, please give us tickets in order to travel to Brazil and, and watch the the
0: Argentina matches and, and, and support them because that, that would have made all of the organised crime and the killing and the drug dealing and the people trafficking if you believe certain reports and, and the uh, cuts of transfer fees stolen from clubs and so on, that would have made it all justifiable if they please to Mr Grandona. Such a nice old country <laughs> man, I mean who wouldn't like Julio grandona? Um, any guys of being a, a,
2: a reputable group went well, no, out of the window when they arrived in their masses outside effort, and then well, manage that, their way in with like, covering their faces and...
0: Funnily enough, I actually, uh, four years ago I wrote two articles, well actually I possibly wrote more than two articles, but I, I was able to find two articles uh, that I wrote about them. Uh, one in February 2010 and the, the other in March 2010. The February one uh, was for When Saturday Comes, the, the UK magazine, it's now archived online. Um, the March one was for ESPN, well it, at the time they were called SoccerNet. But it's for ESPN FC. Um, and in between writing the two it became apparent that it was just a pure, the government were involved it was an NGO linked with the government linked um, with Anibel Fernandez. in fact the, the president of Quilmes who at the time and still now in fact is a very senior government minister um, but it was just a, a completely bare faced vote winning exercise uh, they, they wanted the Battle of Ravers to provide support for Mrs, Miss Kirchner Ms. Kirchner no, no, Mrs. Still, of her husband's died. Not divorced, just Mrs. Uh, for Mrs. Kirchner, uh, in her re-election um, campaign and they got that support. And, well, that's all there was to it, basically. And they kind of admitted that in between me writing the two articles. So they went Saturday comes on, Um I'm sort of slightly suspicious of the motives, but don't say too much. And then in the meantime, like two weeks later, they said, somebody from the government came out, basically, and said, yeah, this is all about votes. They're going to give us lots of good publicity by hanging up the, the Kirchnerite flags and stuff in the stadiums. Um, so, again, once again, to anybody, to, to these bizarre people who tweet me and tell me that I don't understand the Bar-a-brava culture and that they're really good people and they have to the atmosphere of the game and they don't do <laughs> anything bad, you're the ones who don't know what you're talking about, seriously. Um, Not talking seriously, real real supporters
1: should, I, I think they, they won't do it, but they should make uh, something to protest about this because...
0: Well, they have. Salvemos al-Football. But no one ever listens to Salvemos al-Football. is, let's say, football. Um, It's an NGO which is set up to, basically to publicise details of, uh, more than anything, of the violence, which I think is why, maybe, they don't get as much publicity as they should. I think if they spread their scope a bit wider and looked into some of what the barrares do in terms of organised crime and in terms of just making stadiums unpleasant places to visit... Um, They might do a bit better, but certainly if you go to salvozalfootball.org.ar I think you'll find a list of every single person who has died as a result of football-related violence in Argentina. Um, All 260-something of them uh, down the last, well, 90 years or so. Um, But no, you're quite right, Andres. I mean, people need to... There needs to be a mobilisation of some sort. It's a little large on them to try and I don't know maybe actual hinchadas unidas real fan bases subcomisiones hinchas de unidas también. yeah because
1: the fact is that the fact the fact is that they are going to the World Cup with no no they don't deserve it and they don't they, they do it anyway that's mm. the the point they, they don't spend any money and but people that work and, and, and have an income and they can't afford the the, the, the travel and the tickets in order to to assist to the World Cup, and they are they are done. They they, they are given the tickets. They are given the ticket the the pass the bus, uh, flight the, the tickets, and and that's that's the incredible uh, thing about this. Not that right. they are, of course, they are violent. They they are barabravas, and, and and apart from that, they they
0: get free uh, admission to the World Cup when they are prohibited in. So. Mm. And this is the other reason that they were meeting outside the airport because the government... Uh, right, for, let's rewind again, four years, when they went to South Africa, a bunch of these groups uh, got off the planes in South Africa, they were put up in a local school, I think a lot of them, and, and a disused hospital, um, and a bunch of them found that the South African police realised they have criminal records in their home countries, and put them on the next plane back to Argentina, and there was a legal thing, and they stayed back here for a couple of days, and they flew back to South Africa, having I mean, supposedly won the right or what clearance of the government or to go to, the, to go to the matches. Um, and there is a thing in Argentina called, well, in the Spanish-speaking world more generally, in fact, it's normally, if you go to a bar or whatever, uh, you'll see that the bar reserves the derecho de admisión, the right of admission. Um, and this, of, of course, in English sounds a bit like they're saying, you know, the, the, the list of right of admission would sound in English like it's a list of people who are allowed in. Um, in Spanish, it, the, the implied thing is that they're reserving the right so that if you're on the list it, mean, you're not allowed in. And the government have got a list of, of recognised boundaries, who so are on this list, and these are the guys who make up each other, sonidas argentinas. and this is the reason that they went to the AFER yesterday, um, was to, well, apart from to ask for the tickets, w- was to request that the AFER request to the government that the government doesn't send this list to the Brazilian police. <laughs> we're not making much noise, but we're just sitting around here laughing at this at the moment, but it's really not a laughing matter. Is Although I'm still laughing while I'm saying it, it's, it's, it's very serious. Um, the fact that these batteries even feel that they've, they've got enough power and influence to ask for this stuff yeah. is insane. The, the, the fact is that they, if they are finally
1: allowed and, and, and uh, government doesn't send that list to the Brazilian government. The the, the battle against the the Bar-Arabas is completely lost. We always say that say that is it is lost. But this is another chapter, like another yeah. another uh, round. And, and if they are if they are uh, admitted to go to the World Cup, it's another signer that uh, we can they can say that well for last. For next uh, long tournaments, the uh, away uh, supporters will be allowed and, uh, and to go to the stadiums and anything. But the, the real uh, problem is uh, that they are uh, free and they can do what they want and, and any anything that they do, uh, they, they they may do is. Uh, I think useless. If they are allowed to go to the World Cup,
0: well, yeah. Absolutely. Um, moving on. Uh, I did ask these two whether anything... I, I've been offline all day. Um, it's been quite pleasing. I've been on Twitter a tiny little bit, but I've already been following the news. I've not had the television switched on or anything. It's been very pleasant. Apparently because I spent half the afternoon sleeping, but still. Um, and I asked these two whether anything major had happened that we needed to talk about before we started recording. And they said, no, no, not really. Let's just do the results and then maybe a bit about the batters. And during the musical break, uh, it became apparent that something major has happened at one of the Big Five in Argentina. Because uh, mustafa Merlo, the manager of Racing Club, is no longer the manager of Racing Club. So apparently Big Five manager leaving doesn't make this up to the pot. Don't is. shift the blame. Um, Melo had already been told by Racing President Victor Blanco that although he has a contract until October apparently, it says here yes. which seems a bit weird given that's halfway through the next uh, championship but anyway, Racing gave him a contract until October for some reason um, and Blanco said to him look, the team's not been good enough this season you've got until the end of this championship and then we're going to have to let you go um, Melo, I think understandably said um mm-hmm. In that case, I'm going now. Basically, like, you're fa- you're, uh, me. if you're sacking me, then you're sacking me. Um, so we said goodbye to the squad this morning, Wednesday morning, um, and then now discussing who's going to be a new, uh, Radaeri, what's, what's Radaeri's first name? Fernando Ricardo, something one of those. He, he was the um, interim manager on one occasion, one of the two occasions during the EDCR when they had interim managers. Um, is yeah, going to be taking over, presumably, for the last two matches. Ricardo Gareca has been mentioned, which interests me, because I thought he was very close to joining Newell's, but uh, it would appear that he's stunned by the bright lights of Abe Shaneda, and possibly staying in Buenos Aires if he's not going to go to Europe. He, he said
1: he will listen to the Russian board members, but he also has uh, proposals from, from Newell's and from Celta de Vigo,
0: Oh, from Salto as well, yeah. I didn't realise that. I knew he wanted to go to Europe, I didn't realise he actually had a firm offer. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, if it's from Newell, I can kind of understand him wanting to just string them along a little bit. I, I'm starting a new season on, on Football Manager at the moment, so I'm managing in Germany, and during the summer just gone, I had offers from Bayern Munich and Dortmund, who both wanted me to be their managers, and I just strung them out. I kept hitting delay for a week, delay for a week, delay for a week, for, a week for as long as I could as a result of which neither of them managed to appoint managers until about a week before the start of the season and they both started the season awfully so it worked so if it works the same way in real life I can completely understand why Garreca would want to do that if he's already decided on the Newell's job although I'd be slightly worried if Newell's are looking at Racing as rivals in the, quite the same way um,
1: who um, are they get? I think news oh. uh, Alfredo Berti left in news a lot of youth players that are already playing in the first division, oh, totally. first team, and
0: and Racing have sold Rodrigo De Paul recently. And, and yes, he's gone to Valencia. Uh, he's stayed to the end of the season, but he's he's now confirmed uh, that he's going. I think since we recorded in fact, it was it was completely because yeah, yeah. when we were last recording, he we was expected to go to Udinese. Um But aside from anything, I mean, from Gareca's point of view, Newell's are surely a far more. You know, obviously De Paul's not the only sort of under 20 um, player that Rassing have got coming through Rassing have got a, a, supposedly a really good academy at the moment but then you would think well if the players were all that then not really many of them have started pitch looks useless Campi as English Dan has said I can't remember whether on the podcast or whether it only said it on Twitter but he thinks he's the worst player he's ever seen in a Rassing shirt. I think that was off the record um, Vieto has fallen away Rather yeah, Mito remarkable. has
1: been minimized, I think, by by Merlo.
0: Yeah, he 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 has but his still, best times with the Swede. But even then, I mean, he wasn't. I mean, he, he wasn't exactly a one goal in every two games kind of striker, even then. Um, if they could get decent money, they might be yeah, getting like, to like, with in the summer. European yeah, home. but even be like, Biola. None of these guys have really kind of stepped up to quite the level. where they, they're all. Basically, they're all still playing at the same level they were playing at a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, when, given their ages, you'd expect them to, okay, they're playing in a completely chaotic club who don't have a clue what they're doing under a series of managers, although in Dia's case, I think they should have been a bit more uh, faithful with him, as uh, faithful, tr- trust, trustful of him, um, let's say, as we mentioned at the time. But they've not had the best conditions, but even so, they've not really shown anything, apart from DePaul in flashes. Um, they've got, who was who the uh, the guy who went to Italy on loan? Centurion Centurion, thank you, yes, yes. Uh, Ricardo. Farin, Centurion. Also Adrian also. Centurion, depending on whether you're European or Argentine If you're Argentine, it's Riccardo um, And he's not really done much in Europe Well, that's the so He's back. going back, are he? Well, he was only on loan that's Yeah, that's yeah, the that reason I mean, yeah. But the club because is not using their yeah. option to buy yeah. Yeah. same um, as Farinha. Yeah, and Farina as well if you're Ricardo Garreca, surely you prefer to go to New Orleans in terms of what you've got there. Of a, of a football club who have followed now for the last two years and also traditionally, you know, for their entire history, have followed something similar to his style of football. We, we, we know how he played, we've seen it at Velez over the last few years. Um, arguably a bigger club than Velez, arguably, because, you know, they're not based in Buenos Aires, but in terms of. Um, of their their standing and the whole philosophy that they have and everything I think most people would consider them more of a contender maybe yeah well I
2: just think if you walk into racing now you're walking into quite a just chaotic environment I mean there's not like a platform really you can go in and say okay we've had some we've had bad times but there's a project going forward it you're going in really as just a, a new manager, but with the same yeah oh, same problems.
1: Though. It is said it was said uh, several times that these players, these players that, that the Racing squad, it's like they eat the, the managers, uh, like they they make the managers quit. So hmm. uh, yes, if I am Garica, perhaps it's uh, news or the big one, well, I, I perhaps go to listen Russian members board members to see what they have to say, but uh, uh, yes, it's not uh, the same. I think the planification and the, and the project and, and the youth divisions are far more serious in news than wrestling. Than Absolutely.
2: Um, I think it says something for Brassing's status that perhaps
0: he's even saying I'll oh, listen to him.
2: Well, yeah. You know, I mean, given how they are at the
0: moment. No, totally. I mean, of course. I mean, given... Yeah, yeah. what what you mean, of course, is that in days of yore, if any of the big... If you've managed better and then any of the big five came calling, you're off by a shot. That's it, there's no debate to be had at all. Um, Right then, Copa Libertadores. Three Argentine sides in the last eight of the Copa Libertadores. Uh, Two Brazilian sides, one Uruguayan side, one Colombian side. And of course... Obviously, one Bolivian side, uh, just the one, because Defensor Sporting unfortunately put the strongest out of penalties uh, last Tuesday or Wednesday night, I think it was. Um, as we record, we are at halftime of Nacional de Paraguay against Arsenal. Nacional lead 1-0. Um, so there's only one Brazilian team, I think. No, two. Two? Cruzeiro and... There's only one Brazilian team. Uh, three Argentine sides, one Brazilian team, one Bolivian team, one Colombian team. I was getting Atletico Nacional and, and uh, Atletico Mineiro mixed up, that's why, um, and Defensor Sporting of Uruguay. Um, so statistically speaking, if it's entirely random, and let's face it, the Copa Libertadores Dolores can't be entirely random, um, Argentine side, it's three times more likely that an Argentine side will win this than any other side. The other point to make, of course is that only two of these teams uh, who are left in the draw have ever won the Libertadores before. They are Cruzeiro, who I think are going for their third Libertadores this year, who they've won it twice before, and Atletico Nacional, who won it in 1989. Um, no one else in it has won it. Arsenal have never been in the quarter-final before, uh, Lanús have also never been in the quarterfinal before San Lorenzo, of course, are the only one of Argentina's big five Who have never won the Copa Libertadores And I don't think they've ever been as far as they've Oh, they might have been as far as the semi, in fact I've never been in the final, have they? I'm looking at Andres now because he's the Argentine He should know his football history I Don't remember, I, I am not very good with dates um, We I'm, need Mariano I'm, here, don't we? Yes. Um, he's the San Lorenzo Fan, but he can't make it this week because, of course, uh, the San Lorenzo v or first leg kicks off in, as we record right now, an hour, uh, yes, an hour and a quarter. Um, so he's, presumably, he's getting to the stadium about now um, for that. How do we see chances, gentlemen? The first legs, by the way, obviously the one that we're, uh, is happening at the moment is, is in Paraguay. Um you will have worked out from what I just said about Mariano getting to the stadium about now that San Lorenzo are at home in their first leg to Cruzeiro Um, and then Lanús are at home in their first leg against Bolívar which could be very important because Lanús home form in the Libertadores and in the league is terrifying they win an awful lot they win many by a few goals uh, and they might have to because the second leg (laughs) is going to be in La Paz next week um so that's interesting and then Atletico Nacional are at home to defence or sporting in the only tie that does not involve an Argentine side how many Argentine sides first of all gentlemen do we think are going to get to the semi-finals I think the easiest not, not, there is no easy uh,
1: leg or draw but Arsenal has the easiest one because I think they, they play against another team that hasn't won the Copa the Libertadores and also, ha- haven't reached before the, the quarter finals, I think, in Arsenal de Paraguay.
0: Yeah, right. So, essentially, Arsenal are playing against the worst team. But at the same time, Arsenal are arguably the worst of the Argentine teams. So, is it yes. easier for them? It's kind yeah. of like saying, you know, it's only easy because, you know, you say, oh, Brazil always get easier, for has has it's easy except Brazil.
1: Lanús has high pressure because of, of
0: scoring goals and not conceding goals as yeah. uh, they're playing home. Lanús' problem is that the second leg is, is the one in La Paz, and that's where it's going to be decided. So, I Bolívar are already going to know beforehand. And, and Sarreso
1: against a, a Brazilian team, any, any team, uh, quarter is also tough. And uh, I think that any of the Argentinian teams that pass through the semi-finals have, of course, chances, but it's like a early finals, mm. like we can say. Because perhaps uh, are, uh, in terms of, of where do they play and, and the rivals are, uh, more, are, are more difficult than perhaps after the quarterfinals.
0: I'm just looking now at the possible semi-finals. I <laughs> say I'm looking now, I'm kind of lying when I say that because I'm just loading the page. I'm just clicking on it. Um, but the possible semis, obviously if two Argentine sides get to the semis, this gets torn up and they get drawn against each other. But the possible semis at the moment, as the tree has it, ...are the winners of Nacional de Paraguay versus Nacional... ...against the winners of Atletico Nacional... ...against Defensor Sporting... ...and then San Lorenzo or Cruzeiro... ...against Lanus or Bolívar... Um, ...Bolívar, by the way... ...are now due to the fact that... um, ...Atletico Mineiro went out to Atletico Nacional... ...in the round of 16... ...Bolívar are the second highest ranked opponents... uh, opponents ...the team left in the tournament... The, group, the knockout stage seedings are done according to how teams finishing the group stages, for the benefit of listeners, um, and it then goes best group winner against worst group runner-up, second best group winner against second worst group runner-up, and so on, and those seedings remain for the rest of the, group, uh, the knockout stage, unless, as I say, two teams from the same country against the semis. Cruzeiro um, are the only team ranked ranks higher than them, so in other words, if San Lorenzo go through against Cruzeiro... And Bolivar managed to put Lanús out. Bolivar are going to have the second leg of the semi and of the final, regardless of who they play against. Guaranteed to be in La Paz. I'm quite excited about this fact because I think a Bolivian that, team winning the would be hilarious.
1: That shows that uh, how how uh, s- weird is. Uh, for example, in in of course we we won't compare uh, Champions League with Copa Libertadores. Uh, when we have Champions League playing between two teams from the same city, not only not only from the same country.
0: Well, that's a bit of a misnomer because it's the first time it's ever happened in the case of the Champions League. Of course, so but it's not like it's happened. Am I I'm
1: wrong if I say that in this case there could be two, uh, two Argentinian teams in the final because if
0: three of uh, all, all of them qualified. Of course, yeah. for, all three of them can play against each other in the semis, and the <laughs> yes. so yeah, uh, there could very well be two Argentine sides in the final. Assuming uh, that it, would, it I, I, would require three of them to get to the semi, obviously.
1: I would choose to play a single final in a neutral venue because uh, Bolivar has too much advantage. Of course, they have any. They they haven't haven't ever uh, qualified to the to the finals and that stuff and. Uh, But
0: I think that is a a huge advantage. But you have to think about the fans as well, though, Andres, because in Europe it's much easier to travel around, the distances are much shorter, the fans are more affluent a lot of the time as well, and it's far easier for fans of. Well, okay, particularly this year, obviously, the fans of the two Madrid clubs have only got to get as far as Lisbon, that's easy. Um, But, you know, in in previous years it's far easier for fans of, I don't know, Manchester United and. Chelsea to get down to Rome or even, you know, even for Munich Okay, well no sorry uh, uh, Moscow it's quite difficult to get a visa for there but the travel time isn't quite so whereas if you've got a final between you know first of all you have to decide the venue beforehand before you even know who the finalists are if the final's between San Lorenzo and Arsenal and it's being played in Bogota yes. or Quito or Mexico City <laughs> How on earth are San Lorenzo and Arsenal's fans going to get to see any of it? They're not. I mean, you know, the vast majority, of them, obviously the batteries will be there and a few of the more wealthy fans. Yeah,
1: you, you will feel the same that you feel when Copa Argentina is playing in Catamarca between uh, yeah. two teams from...
0: And the other thing is, is right? okay, the, the, the point that when I, before I moved here I, I, I told people, uh, you know, what I did and, and what I wanted to do when I got here, and I told them about how fantastic Libertadores is. And something they'd, they'd often say is Oh but doesn't the, like, Having the final number two legs Just takes away some of the, the immediacy And the spectacle And the drama of it I mean the first thing is You'd think that But actually it doesn't At all Because the Libertadores Is always mental anyway Um But the other thing is Having the final number two legs Actually ensures that It's normally the best team Who win it Whereas over one leg Anything you know In a neutral venue Anything can happen When you've got to play Home and away It ensures I think More often than not That the winner Does actually deserve the trophy Um In my opinion, anyway, there are are obviously arguments either way. Um, But, Arsenal are, oh, they've just kicked off, in fact, they're two minutes into the second half, they're 1-0 down to Nacional. They're a chance of getting to the service. Ooh, if the ref's seen that, he's in trouble. He's basically just handled the ball as it was going through to the striker. I think the referee has seen it, yeah, he's booked him. So this is a free kick for Nacional. So maybe we want to hold right. off on, on this prediction for a while in case they go 2-0 up immediately mean, after we say San Lorenzo against Cruzeiro, what chances do we give them? Andres and I are going to be watching this game just after we finish recording
2: oh. Oh, San Lorenzo...
0: Cruzeiro put out Cerro Poteno, Paraguay in the uh, round of 16 and was slightly fortunate to do so um, I think in most... Same as San Lorenzo against his Gremio with a,
1: a huge Torrico that has been showing from
0: uh, then, uh, sometime ago. Oh, but San Lorenzo was superb in the first leg. Yes. At that tie. Um, I, I, uh, we're all basically trying to avoid well, predicting that one, aren't we? Well, I think basically
2: with most, with all of these ties, that there's all there's a factor in all of them which makes them very unpredictable. Yes. Um, and where have we seen this before in mean, the couple uh, Yeah. Prices. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going go to go. Is,
1: is I think there is a 50-50, but the way they San the, the Luis are qualified to the a round of 16, give
0: give them a handicap, because... Should mean that they win the cup, basically, yes. because it was ridiculous. Okay, so i have missed the penalty, the free kick, so they're only 1-0 up still. Uh, Lanús-Bolivar, I'm going to go for Lanús to win the first leg quite yeah, yeah. enough to give them a cushion. Although Bolivar away are not as rubbish as most Bolivian teams normally are away, but I think Lanús, this tomorrow night uh, Thursday evening, I'm going to be
2: I also think given um, given Lanus' 20 off in an hour there is no conflict whatsoever and now it is yeah. I think it's now it's 100% with the Dores and it'll be this tie rest up at the weekend <laughs> let the let off in an hour pass by and prepare for yeah. Um, uh, yeah I would I think Lanus will go through Back. And, there's, and there's
1: Yes, it's very, very difficult to to make a, a prediction. Um, it will depend, of course, of the goals they, they they could make, they could score today. If they score, I, I don't know if they win tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, yes. sorry, three 0 for example. That that and they then they go to La Paz and kick the ball away. Uh, should have the key there, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, it will, of course, uh, almost uh, uh, depend on the on the goals they they, they score tomorrow. Uh, uh, I think that de- that will that will define the the, the draw.
0: And Arsenal, an Nacional, Now that we know they're only one nil down still, 50 minutes into the first half. I think Arsenal can get through this one. I I might yeah. be made to look very silly before we finish recording, of course, but that's what I'm going to say right now. Um, no, I think, I, for
2: sure, I think they can. I mean, one nil's not disastrous. If they could manage an away goal, even more so. Mm. Um, but certainly, as as we as we speak, they're well in the
0: tie. I'm not going to make myself look quite so stupid and be <laughs> a bit more <well> reserved. <laughs> and in the non in the non Argentine tie, I've enjoyed tremendously watching Defensor Sporting during this. Uh, so I'm going to be rooting for them. Whether they go through against Atlético Nacional, I have no idea. I'm going to be missing the first leg of that tomorrow night. Um, Because I'm going out, but I look forward to seeing it anyway. Uh, That is the first leg is being played in wherever Atletico Nacional play their home matches. Is is it Cali or Medellin? Cali, isn't it? I think. Um, And then the second leg is in Montevideo. Uh, That one's much easier because I've been past the stadium. Um, Questions? Right then, here we go. Musical break, come back with listeners' questions. through them nice and quick and we're going to have a relatively short podcast this week hopefully uh, the first is have we got any from last week no we haven't we had someone asking about
2: the squad last week not and there's been that leak of the supposed
0: yeah people. but it's fake and rubbish so I wouldn't worry about that no. uh, Tom Robinson asks what did you make of Perez Garcia's display on Monday I think we've already well I've already said that one Tom that was the tweet that I saw which led me to mention it earlier in fact Uh, Leo Mano, I like this question Is football, if Argentine football Is tactically uninteresting Why are coaches From football like Argentino making waves In Europe, for example Tata, Cholo Simeone Pellegrini Right, I've got an answer for this Sorry, Pellegrini is from Chile Pellegrini is from Chile, that's a very good good answer I I have an answer for this The first is that the the, the Tata Martino them individually, first of all uh, is of course a disciple of Bielsa and Bielsa is something who's slightly apart from Argentine football he's certainly apart from modern Argentine football because he last managed a club side here in what 15 years ago? 10 years ago? 15. 15 years ago yes. um, and has sort of stood aloof from it, aloft from it let's say, um, for the time since um, but even then I mean whether Martino, I like Martino as a manager but would you really say he's making waves at Barcelona? I'm not so sure. I guess
2: just by getting the Barcelona job well, from Argentina,
0: that's sufficient to be yes, making Yes, that's true. Um, but I think it, it, it's because Guardiola, you know, always said that he was a disciple of Bielsa as well, and of course the Messi connection is, is huge. They, they uh, although it's always been denied, uh, they're very strong uh, voices suggesting that he was given that job to, you know, keep Messi and his dad happy. Um, in in part I'm not suggesting it was the sole reason of course uh, Cholo Simeone has done fantastically but I don't think anyone's going to pretend that he's a tactically sophisticated manager he's just incredible at getting his players to show their balls as it were <laughs> right And but if thank you want to you. argue with this then, then please do but to and, me when I say Atletico I enjoy watching them but they're not reinventing modern football tactics or anything no
1: I, I think that what he uh, achieves is for players to be really, but, but when I say really, I say really, really committed yeah, yeah. to the to the to the team, mm. to the to the competition they are playing, yeah. and that's something that uh, you can say a lot of things, but when you are in front of the players, there is there is something that he says that moves the players inside. And, mm. I mean,
2: yeah, I think he, his power is being able to convey his yeah. own passion, which we he saw, saw as a player. As, as a manager and, and that's not to downplay His it, skills I mean I think That quality in itself I, I, I Is huge
0: And I, the other point Is that he was When he was managing In the Argentine league He was a qualified success Um He finished yeah. first And then third With the Estudiantes But he finished first And then bottom Six months later With River Only the second team Ever To do that In the short Short championship era Um he wasn't, you know, a resounding success to everyone in Argentina Now looks like. He goes, yeah, he was clearly going to be a fucking great manager right from the start. Um, and as I say, I think, I mean, the tactics don't come too far into it, really. Because it, it's a bit like saying, well, OK, Argentine, the, the Argentine league hasn't got the most technical, technically able players in the world. And yet... A lot of the most technically able players in the world are Argentine. The two don't necessarily correspond because they're operating in two different spheres. The really good people go to, to I, Europe. Basically. I think
1: Ximenez's Jimenez, best feature is apart from from making players be really committed, is that he puts the players in their positions and in their, their best moments. When they are high at their best moment, they, they put uh, and, and and if they and if he considers the the players not uh, in his best way he, he leaves, it, leaves him in the bench, like Eogosta, for example. Mm. Uh, when he, he was not in the he, at, at 100% physical form, and he didn't put him in the, in the pitch.
0: Indeed. Uh, so that, there, there are some theories, and I mean, hopefully, particularly, I, I think that my point about that, uh, the fact that we're, we're talking about a completely different sphere sort of me- makes the point that we're not only trying to address those those examples that Leo's given. Yeah, but I think so, even with
2: those examples, is like Tata for example, when you, when you talk about as if Argent, in Argentine football, tactics are not really important. I think there is a strong argument to say that um, tactically, Newell's old boys were set up in a way which would transfer quite nicely to Barcelona. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So there, there isn't quite that detachment that perhaps the question... Is. No, no,
0: totally. Uh, but they're very much the exception is the other point. Newells and Veles, Lanús. Uh, yeah, yeah. No-one else has got a sort of long-term vision, let's say, of football. Yeah, quite. Yeah. Uh, Rob Brown asks which Hand of Pod member will be the first to be made racing manager? I would like to formally withdraw my... Uh... I'm sure you would. Well, wouldn't you like it, though, if, you know, you're an independent? If you could drive them into the ground, Peter. Dry. How on earth would
2: I do a better job than, than they're doing already?
1: I think even though he's not a, a regular member of Hando Pod, Seva is,
0: the, I think, what? our best candidate. Oh, you think? Uh, if they're, they're looking me. for someone else with long, flowing blonde locks, I'd like to put my own name for I'm going to put Dan forward. just. That's yes. Yeah, Dan's more used to watching them. I think Dan has far more of an idea of where they're going wrong at the moment than Sever doesn't, because Sever never watches actual type football anymore. Well, Dan watches them when he doesn't have to. Yes, because he's an idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, or yeah. a harassing fan. Um, Tim Venables says, What do we know about the proposed new league format? How likely is it to be implemented? And if money is the biggest stumbling block, where do Grandano company suggest that it come from? Um, I'll take those in order. The first thing is about the new format. At the moment, we are no wiser than we were last week, because of what we already said about the Barra Bra, the AFA was supposed to debate it on Tuesday evening, and they didn't because the Barra turned up. Um, how likely is it to be implemented?
2: Although tying in as well to the Barra, but potentially disrupting what oh. happened prior to them showing up, I, I read that Gondor had been to the government house or whatever mm. to discuss <laughs> or to beg for, for, money. for money.
0: I see. Uh, how likely is it to be implemented? I'm thinking that no protests about it at all are making it slightly more likely, but it still wouldn't surprise me if it doesn't go through entirely. Um, and about money, television, the government, subsidies, same way, that, the same place that everybody in Argentina seems to want money to come from.
2: Well, I think Tim's making the glaring error here of trying to apply some sort of
0: Oh, well, Tim well, lives in Paraguay, so I can assure you that he, he's completely no, aware <laughs> of how South America uh, <laughs> yeah, in, term, in terms of um,
2: applying logic to the decision of where where is the money coming from, yeah. I don't think there's been any um, thoughts really other than I, we'll implement in, it and then think about
0: it. I've been in taxis in Buenos Aires where the taxi drivers have complained to me that the taxi drivers union don't get a big enough subsidy from the government to keep their prices competitive against the bus service. Um And, you know, you go to other places and at times it seems like everybody wants a subsidy from the government. And that now seems to be how AFA are operating. Andres, so that I don't sound tremendously anti-Argentine, could you please back me up as an Argentine?
1: Yeah.
0: uh, (laughs) I don't know what to say. (laughs) I'll take that as an endorsement. Uh, Coop asks, do you have beans on a fryer? No, I don't because I don't like them and he also asks who would win in a fight between a monkey and a bear if the monkey had a knife and I'm going to go with the bear still well I think Coops
2: make a glaring error with this question he's no, not specified silly questions <laughs> and he's also not specified which species of monkey or bear was all or before. bear
0: that's the main thing I think if it was a grizzly against a mm. uh, stuffed monkey I'd give the grizzly a far better chance uh, finally Howard who's got a sensible question for us completely sensible question asks and this is entirely right because we've not mentioned him at all Yes. in the one podcast after it's confirmed and here is the mention where does Javier Sanetti and his impeccable hair rank in terms of a list of Argentine footballing grapes uh, Sanetti's up there Andres you're Argentine so presumably you hate Sanetti I don't hate him,
1: nor love him so uh, do you consider him a lie a, lie? a mentira no, no I think that any player that has played for a space of how many times? Ten years? Eight years? In, in the first division of Italy, in the same team? Six hundred and
2: something.
1: Fifteen years. years? Twenty years. Twenty years? So, sorry, I, I said it, I was bad with dates uh, and with time. But no, I, I, I think that absolutely not. Not a lie.
0: The reason that I ask, of course, is that many Archim consider Sanetti cursed. They consider him the reason that Argentina didn't win anything whilst he was uh, member a member of the national team. This is because they're idiots. Um, I'm not sure where we'd put him in, in terms of a top ten list of Argentina's all-time greatest fullbacks, but I'd argue at least that he would have to be up there. And as for his hair, by far, by far the best haircut that any Argentine person, never mind footballer, has ever sported if only because the barbers in the rest of the country are complete cretins who haven't got a clue how to cut hair. <laughs> which is why mine looks like this, When I never <laughs> go to the bar, um, I think you'd look quite good with my vocal haircuts. Well, you're very kind. But um, no, if, if any Hand of Pod listeners are not yet aware of it, i recommend that you have a Google image search for Javier Saletti Panini, uh, which shows a, an array of Panini stickers of Javier Saletti from his first season at Inter to his most recent season at Inter. And just blow it up full screen and have a look at the faces because they don't change. The hair and the face is exactly the same now as it was in 1995 when he first moved to Inter, so 19 years. Um, a remarkable player and we're going to say well goodbye to him with a bit of a tear in our eye, or I am at least. As I've said a few times this season, if I, if I was Sabella I'd have called him up for the World Cup.
2: Well, yeah, that's obviously so it's to be able
0: to move uh, Savaletto over to left back and have Sonetti at right back because he's still just brilliant. Um, the next music that you hear on that sad note will be Mystic Sam's theme music, and after that I will turn Mystic Sam. Sorry, we'll tell you. Sorry, Mystic Sam. Um, what to bet on this weekend? Lots of games uh, this weekend which have a lot riding on them, an awful lot, and a few games that don't have anything at all riding on them, and that makes it tremendously difficult to call. But here are Mystic Sam's attempts. Olimpo de Vallablanca vs Godoy Cruz, draw, you better get used to hearing that word. Let's go to Rafaela vs Tigre, draw, Estudiantes de la Plata vs San Lorenzo, Estudiantes to win. Newell's Old Boys versus All Boys. Newell's to win. Sucks his teeth as he says. Meles Sarsfield versus Colón de Santa Fe. Uh, I'm going to go for Colón to emerge victorious from that one. Racing Club versus Rosario Central. Last time Racing played at home, I found them to draw because they should have won and they fucked it up. And they lost. So this time, I'm going to say Central to win. Belgrano versus Arsenal de Sarandi, I think, is going to be a draw. Quilmes versus Gimnasia La Plata. Draw. As I say, Quilmes are in much better form than most of the teams that Gimnasia were thrashing black and blue a few weeks ago. Boca Juniors versus Lanús. Um, I think should be a Boca win Lanús are going to be very distracted by the Libertadores They're in between two legs of it And Boca, as we say, six games unbeaten They're coming into some form They're probably, probably, slash possibly Going to have their back for it Argentinos Juniors against River Plate Last game of the weekend In spite of the fact that River are away Mainly because Argentinos are bloody awful And also because one of their best players Sergio Vitor has been ruled out with injury, I'm going to go for a River Plate victory. It would be only the second in the Donnell final. And if the other results that I have predicted go the same way, it would put River two points clear at the top going into the final weekend. Gentlemen, any disagreements or very, very strong emphatic agreements at those? <laughs> blank, not. not strong. Blank, blank says are not helpful on an oh, audio-only medium. It's, it's Argentinian,
1: Argentinian football, so it's impossible to strongly agree. Exactly. Yes, it, yes, it is possible to strongly disagree, but you you are the one who makes the, the prediction, so I mm-hmm. won't be so disrespectful. <laughs> uh,
0: Thank you. Um, Andres, as a River fan, are you confident that River are going to get the win and that Gimnasia are going to be held and that River might have the advantage going into the final weekend? Yes, I think in this case... Because of course River kind of need that in a way because especially now that Boca qualified for the Sudamericana, have uh, played Boca on the final weekend, so if it turns out to be River needing any favours from Boca Juniors, you're not going to be... Yes, and, and provided, the, provided the, the, the way in the,
1: the last match ended River is uh, rushing the Chichisola save, and that I think that, that will be that will have to do with the with the final uh, two rounds. So,
2: mm-hmm. yes. um, yeah. Peter. I, yeah, I, I'm I kind of beginning to think River are going to win the the championship. I mean, you're beginning to think it. Yeah, I've tried to hold Whether, off as as try to hold off the, the the thought as long as possible
0: interesting and uh, very very quickly because of course I've just realised that we haven't discussed it how did Independiente do it the weekend oh, <laughs> oh they I, lost 1-0 the I'm sure you know full well no happened. I didn't I, I completely forgot well yeah. I mean I knew but I forgot no so. they, they lost um, again that leaves the fifth it leaves them oh two points by Crusero well Lombard no because they actually
2: Lomate. beat Instituto so it was like a, that's in, in oh, the Medellin, right. They managed to lose without losing any ground on the, the all-important third spot.
0: But at the same time, if they would won, they would have been well, yes yeah. in <laughs> third place now. Yeah. Uh, so that is the that, that's the lot for the B Nacional. Banfield got a victory uh, to go three points clear at the top. They won against Independiente Mendoza four nil. And second placed, who's second placed? Defender. Defender. He was this year lost four two away to Sportivo Belgrano. The Bridge. Which, Bridge. yeah, exactly, which means that Banfield have 69, Defensivistia have 66, Crucero del Notte have 55, Instituto have 55 as well, and Independiente have 53, Gimnasio and Rujo have 52. So the B Nacional is as tight as ever, which is why the uh, restructured Primera is looking as likely as ever.
2: Although, um, and the rest was just saying, prior to recording that uh, Independiente play at home to San Martín. Mm-hmm. On Saturday or Sunday, and there's rumors that Felipe could be in a, a tight spot. Yeah, if they, if they lose.
1: even though he said that he will uh, not resign, uh, there are strong rumors that uh, even even uh, the crowd that was uh, insulting Cantero, uh, singing against Cantero. Now that Cantero is gone, they are beginning to, to insult players and that includes also starting to include the Felipe and
0: Mm. anyway um, on that note obviously we're not going to talk for ages and ages ages about the second division when the podcast is effectively already over Uh, we will thank you for your attention once again for another week we don't know how you manage to keep it up sometimes but thank you very much Um, 18 17 and a half minutes to go in Asunción and Nacional still need Arsenal by one goal to nil and now we're going to uh go away and probably watch the rest of this game and then Andres and I are going to go and eat something whilst watching the San Lorenzo match Um, Peter is going to do whatever Peter does after he turns us out a mystery indeed Um, so we shall say goodbye for now first of all from Andres goodbye Uh, secondly from Peter goodbye and thirdly from me goodbye